Hey everyone, and welcome to the Growth Tribe podcast, where we're all about growing ourselves to create lives we effing love on our terms. I'm Ellen, and I'm a former biomedical researcher turned coach who fell in love with personal growth when it empowered me to transform my health, quit my PhD, travel the world, and start my own business. But don't get me wrong, I'm still figuring my shit out too, and I'm so pumped to share what I'm learning along the way. We've got amazing interviews, big stories, tips, tricks, and no bullshit action steps that we can all learn from. So with that, welcome to this episode of The Growth Tribe. Hey everybody, and welcome back to The Growth Tribe podcast. We kicked 2019 off right last week, and we're going to continue the ball rolling today, but we're going to do so going a little bit of a different direction than we usually do. Today we're going to talk about holistic healing and I know there are probably some of my listeners out there who are a lot like me and they see these kind of things like EFT and tapping and they immediately think this is woo woo spiritual BS. I'm not into it. I want to challenge you right now to open your mind up to this stuff because I was totally right there with you. I was not somebody who was a believer in any of this. I didn't think there was any scientific basis to it. But what is so great about our guests today is that they really present you with the science behind it, the biology behind it, and really get down to the neuroscience behind why some of these things work. So I want to challenge you to open your mind up to learn something new today, something you wouldn't otherwise expose yourself to because me, somebody who was saying this is woo-woo spiritual BS, I'm a believer. And I am so excited to implement some of the stuff that Taryn talks about in today's episode into my own life. Before we get into today's episode though, I want to quickly announce one thing that I am so, so excited about. I am releasing a brand spanking new three-part video series that I would love for you to get in on. This video series addresses what I believe to be the three missing ingredients, the missing pieces that so often people forget about and don't address when it comes to not only achieving their goals, those New Year's resolutions or New Year goals that you may or may not be chasing, and just generally to create that life they freaking love, that epic next level life. In this video series, we're going to cover digging into your why because ultimately your why is the biggest thing that's motivating you toward achieving your goals, toward making some epic life changes. We're going to dig into your values because whether you know your values or not, they're dictating every decision you make, every action you take, every emotion that you experience relative to those actions. And then last but not least, I'm going to share with you my brand new transformational goal setting formula as well as tell you the one thing that you need to do each and every week to make sure you're making consistent progress towards your goals as well as preventing overwhelm in the process. If this is something you're interested in, you should head to coachellen.com growth. That's coachellen.com G-R-O-W-T-H. I'm so excited to release this series to you guys. I think it's going to be hugely transformational. So go ahead and head to that link, sign up for the series, and I'll see you in it. With that, let's get into today's topic, today's episode. Let's talk EFT, let's talk holistic healing, let's talk limiting beliefs with the remote yogi herself, Taryn Johnson. Ellen here, and you're listening to The Growth Tribe.
everybody and welcome back to the Growth Tribe podcast coming at you with another interview today, another remote year interview, which has been so fun. I've been really excited by just the amount of people who've reached out from remote year and today I'm sitting down with Taryn Johnson. Taryn, how are you? I am doing great. Awesome. Beautiful morning. Yes, yes. In, oh gosh, I forgot, Arizona? Yeah, I'm in in Phoenix right now. It's finally cooling down. It doesn't feel like the devil's playground anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I can only imagine. I mean, Seattle, we get like nice weather only a few months out of the year. So (laughs) I can only imagine. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your, your journey so far? And then we'll kind of jump into all the yoga things that are going to get talked about today. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, um, I have just kind of always been obsessed with health and wellness, more out of a, um, a weird obsession with like how I looked, you know, like I started at a really young age, I was very um, vain and concerned about my image. And so it kind of accidentally led me to yoga accidentally. We'll, we'll get into that later. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, from there, um, I've always kind of teetered on this whole personal growth yoga development thing but I was also kind of scared of it and I just wanted to be normal <laughs> like I wanted to just lead like a really boring traditional life so I got married and got the house and and did the whole thing and then quickly realized that wasn't going to work for me <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know I've steered away from that and um left like event planning which is what I used to do to dive really deeply into the yoga community and um travel and in personal development and, and now into coaching. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a intro to my story. Yeah, yeah. So and you so yoga though was has been a big central part of your story. And I did you originally come into yoga as from the perspective of health and wellness, kind of just wanting to use it as a as a workout or was that <laughs> kind of I Act, like again, accidentally stepped into a yoga class. Mm-hmm. So I was 17 at the university and um, we had free membership to the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And I had gone thinking it was like a fitness class of some sort, like one of those cardio kickboxes. I don't know what I thought it was. And I walked in and I was like, oh, oh it's yoga. Like I don't, I had no desire to do it, but then I felt embarrassed and I didn't want to walk back out. So mm-hmm. then I just got a mat and sat down and, and did this thing. Um, and I, mental illness is something I've struggled with my whole life, whether it's depression and or anxiety, a lot of anxiety. And, um, you know, I, the whole class pretty much hated it. I was like, this is dumb. I'm not even working out. This is the dumbest thing. And I was just like totally in my head. And then I finished the class and we're like laying there on the floor, which I also thought was weird. And, um, I had this epiphany of like, Oh, hang on a second. I only thought about yoga that whole hour. Like I might've been like annoyed and ranting, but like I didn't wander to anything else outside of our room, which was very new for me as as an anxious person. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right. Yep. I kind of walked out that day and was like, I'm going to teach this one day. Like it was just like, I just knew mm-hmm. it was going to be healing for me. But even with that being said, I, I really didn't embrace it as fully as I should have for a few more years. Mm-hmm. And did you, you mentioned too that cause it obviously that in that moment helped you with your anxiety. But I mean, you mentioned as we were chatting before that you kind of didn't even know that kind of the overthinking and the thoughts running you through your head were anxiety prior. Yeah. to that. So, so kind of what was, what was the process that led up to kind of you realizing, Oh my God, this could be a, a tool that I could use to help with this. 
Yeah, well, I I didn't know what I had experienced with anxiety until the last couple of years through personal development, just reading mm-hmm. a lot more on things. I was diagnosed with depression at 12. Mm-hmm. And so I thought any kind of mental situation was leading back to depression, which mm-hmm. actually like, I even think my depression was more caused by anxiety, but like it was misdiagnosed. And so when I got into yoga, I was saying it was more treating my depression, which again, it probably was, but um, not in the same realm. So like what I said, I probably should have gotten into it more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like ignore yoga until I started to spiral into a depression. And then I'd be like, Oh wait, yeah, this yoga stuff. And then I'd pull myself back out using yoga, but it wasn't a consistent thing. So I mm-hmm. kind of let that like flow come in and out for a while. And then um, I got married. We were living in a small town far away from everyone. He was working nights. So I really had no one around. I was really sinking deep into a depression and it wasn't yoga in the neighborhood we lived in. Um, I wasn't connecting with things online mm-hmm. and when you my say grandma, things online, do you mean like a yoga community online? Like, like yoga memberships. I just, okay. at that time, which is again, what led me to launch mine. Cause at that time mm-hmm. I just couldn't find anything that like felt connected. And I love the fitness aspect of yoga. But for me, like I go to the gym to lift weights for fitness. I go to yoga to like get my head space. So mm-hmm. I couldn't find an online thing that resonated with me. Um, and my, my grandmother passed that summer as well, who I was very close with. And I just felt her kind of say, like, what are you waiting for? You need to go become your own teacher. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, I really became a yoga teacher because I couldn't access yoga where I was. It had nothing to do with like me wanting to teach. But then as soon as I was in the environment, I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to full blown mm-hmm. jump into this teaching thing. Mm-hmm. I loved when you were saying before, as we were chatting, how ultimately your path to becoming a coach is really what transformed you. And that is very much a part of my journey when I first got exposed to to coaching. Personal growth was a really integrated part of the coaching that I was involved in. And it just like, I feel like getting into that as like a sort of daily behavior as being a coach just broke my world mm-hmm. open. So in the context of you becoming a coach and kind of the personal growth aspects that were tied into that, were there any specific realizations or aspects of that process that really motivated your ultimate growth and, and transformation, if you will? Possibly. I, so the coaching thing, it took a lot longer to develop. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of doing free coaching for so long, not understanding that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I had really established when I ended up leaving my ex-husband and I had my own house in the same neighborhood and I started to really develop a yoga community there that mm-hmm. wasn't as strong I'd have women come to my in-home classes I had like a front studio in my house and mm-hmm. people started just staying after class to chat with me and it ended up being like this this thing where like it was mostly people going through divorces and breakups and we didn't even like know that everyone else in the room was going through it and so mm-hmm. it ended up like becoming this thing where like wine night after yoga became pretty <laughs> common and people would just stick around and tell me about their their stories and I was coaching them through what I had experienced myself mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of different aspects to my to my story so I can really pull from from different things and that's kind of what I noticed with coaching it's really awesome to have the tools I've learned through reading books and and through Mm -hmm. my own therapy, but it's the stories and the lessons that I've gone through that are the most impactful. So, um, 
it's, it's kind of, it's crazy. Cause now I have this perspective, like anytime I go through anything hard or like painful, I'm kind of just like, Oh, it's okay. It's gonna, it's gonna help my students or clients one day. So it helps you kind of shift your focus. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, as I experience things in my own life, like it kind of turns into, you know, I just had a launch that was like an epic failure and I had to kind of force myself for, for my benefit, but also ultimately for the benefit of the people in, in my life and the people in my, in my network and my following, I hate using that word, but you know, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, like to, to demonstrate like, yes, even, even the moments when we're, when we're struggling and even when the moments that are a quote unquote failure, there's something to be taken from that. And like, I love that this gave you was the biggest thing that yoga gave you then community or were there aspects of the practice that, that you found to be more impactful than the community? The community was definitely huge. And that's why, like when I went to launch an online program, my biggest focus was how can we make this a community focus and less of a fitness focus. That was really important to me. It gave me the strength to leave a marriage that was very toxic and it gave Mm -hmm. me the strength to like sell all my belongings to travel the world. And I didn't think I was capable of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But like the whole process has been really healing because um, you know, that the false beliefs we have about ourselves work full Mm -hmm. circle, especially when you're in front of people. And um, I had grown up with like a speech impediment and was always told that I had an annoying voice and things like that. So it was really hard for me to start teaching because everyone was going to hear my voice. And how can I coach somebody through a meditation with how annoying my voice is? And I had to like, get out of my head and like mm-hmm. own own my teaching um but you also just have this this fraud like feeling when you're starting out I'm mm-hmm. sure you got felt this way with coaching yeah. like who am I to coach other people um like who am I to lead anyone else um and so like I've, I've kind of worked through that like I do with all my limb beliefs and I kind of just see where those lies stem from Mm-hmm. Um, like st- old stories that aren't really true or, or maybe I perceive them differently a lot of my anxiety has caused me to perceive things in my life differently or like you know I'm, I'm learning that now as, as an adult that like I created situations in my head as a kid that mm-hmm. I hold on to to this day where like no one else remembers it like I did or you know mm-hmm. um, but with with the coaching I had to sit down and I do these things. Sometimes I'll go buy like literary poster board and I'll put it on my wall um, and I'll write on the top of it like all the reasons why I'm meant to be a teacher or all the reasons why I'm meant to be a mom one day or like things like that. Like things when I'm freaking out about like whether I'm good enough, I'll, I'll go get this board. And so I ended up filling it with things like my teachers had me mentoring kids younger than me when I was in elementary school. You know, I, I ended up doing coaching programs for younger kids in high school I ended up coaching high school girls when I was in college like just naturally and so like why I thought I wasn't in a position to ever lead people was I have no idea but you know Mm -hmm. you kind of have to find evidence of the opposite of those false beliefs and, and run with that I love that that's actually in the online course that I created that's actually literally an activity that I have people do like it's it's based around the notion of confidence but yeah create your own proof if there's something that you're struggling with come up with reasons in your life of when you've overcome that come up with situations like and I feel like another maybe way you could spend that maybe this is something you've done is like when you have 
a situation that we, I mean, we talked about failure when you have a situation that was a fail, like intentionally sitting there and saying, what are the lessons in this? What are the things that I did right in this? And giving yourself a win in every situation, giving yourself evidence of the opposite in every situation. And yeah, it's, I call it find your own proof because there's always proof. It's, it's like a comp for me. It's like, it comes down to three things. It's find your own proof, but sometimes I don't even need to do that stuff. Sometimes I can just do, do my first one. Uh, somebody with anxiety. And if anyone else listening has anxiety, you'll learn that most of the, the crap in your brain is like so unbelievably ridiculous that sometimes like I just have to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Or like, even I have, I've trusted friends where I'm like, I know these people like won't actually be laughing at me. They're laughing with me. So I'll call them and be like, my brain's all obsessed about like, oh, I, I'm going to spend a month in an Airbnb at somebody's house. And like, my brain's like convinced that like, they're going to be mean and I'm going to hate it. And like, I just like go through all these things and they, they can just laugh at me and be like, Taryn, do you, do you hear how ridiculous you sound right now? And like, <laughs> I can step back and be like, oh, right. Anxious diva brain's taken over. Got it. Okay. Reevaluate. <laughs> um, so I do those, those two things. And then, um, my, my other big thing is I'm, I'm, a spiritual teacher so like I come back to the end of the day like if things don't work out if things were a failure if if timing wasn't right I firmly just have to believe that like it wasn't right right now Mm -hmm. or like that something better is coming um and just kind of trust the universe which is not easy Mm -hmm. I'm like that's probably the one thing I struggle with the most is having that faith but um yeah, I was going to ask when you said that, like, how do you, because I know, I mean, just from my own brain, um, that we can resist, like, we're, we're, like, unconsciously, we know that this is not the situation, that things will work out, that whatever we're dealing with, it's not going to kill us. But right. getting through that resistance, sometimes is difficult. So what, what have you found that's been helpful in helping you get through that? Yeah, I mean, I'll just give an example. Um, even as a coach, there was still like stuff I've been struggling with lately. Um, I've had money anxiety my whole life, like mm-hmm. for unreasonable stuff. Like I just have created this dialogue in my head since I was a kid about lack mentality and, and just constant fear. And um, over the last few years, launching a business and traveling the world and doing all these things, it's led to a lot of debt and um, which with a lot of shame and, and uh, guilt. But also I had this like this idea that like if I couldn't get it figured out fast enough that like I was doomed or if I had to ask for help that I was doomed or like all these all these lies. Um, And I kind of just had to start writing down like worst case scenario. If all my worst case scenarios that I've been freaking out about like come true, like how am I still going to get through this? Okay, nothing, nothing sounded that scary anymore. Or calling my dad to say, Hey, I'm going to need you to co-sign on this consolidation loan. I took that call off for three weeks, panicking about it, stressing about it, freaking out. Mm-hmm. Finally, it was just like, I can't put this off anymore. Cause it's making me sick. And mm-hmm. I call him and, and it's the nicest conversation I've had with him in, in a while. Like just so, mm-hmm. so relaxed, so, so understanding. And so like, you just have to kind of go for things anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the universe reminds you that like, okay, good. You took the step. We've got your back. Like, Mm-hmm. stop freaking out, start moving forward. And then the right things will fall into place. Mm-hmm. It's like when I'm in a lot of doubt, I just have to make action steps mm-hmm. and get out of my head. I love that. I actually literally, I think I heard somebody say that earlier today, like that, 
the worst thing you can do in a situation where there's uncertainty or where there's insecurity is to be to be inactive, to not make a decision. Like right. even if the decision you end up making is the quote unquote wrong decision or you end up changing your mind later, you'll learn that that was the wrong decision or the wrong path as you start going down it. But if you just stay at the fork in the road, you're never going to know like the best thing you can do right. is to take action no matter what path you go down. Right. And if you think about it, like if you sit there pondering forever and then you end up still going down the wrong path, like you've wasted so much time. Whereas if you're just quickly like, I'm not sure this is the right choice. I'm just going to go this way. You can reroute and mm-hmm. still save time or like, mm-hmm. you know, it might be painful. It might be hard to get back to where you were, but it's better than just sitting there pondering and mm-hmm. letting yourself get into an anxious ball of mess like I let myself do. Yeah. When you said reroute, my brain immediately thought of like Google giving you directions and like, or the stupid GPS recalculating, you know? Oh my gosh. I used to have an English accent on mine because I thought it was funny. <laughs> and I swore she got more annoyed with me every time she had to recalculate. I had like the Gerber and she'd be like rerouting. I swore she was getting more annoyed with me every time I kept making wrong turns but like that's life like you know yes and and the fact that the GPS getting annoyed with me is in my own brain the whole time everything's fine everything's fine in a previous episode I interviewed a gal and she used the great analogy of um with arrows like for an arrow to make forward momentum sometimes it has to be pulled back or it yeah. has to be pulled back for it right. to ultimately go forward. And I love that in this process of kind of making decisions and not letting the opportunities and the possibilities that you have in front of you of what direction to go, like paralyze you. Because ultimately, I mean, that's, that's how an arrow makes forward progress. So why can't we? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So and just you, having like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yourself that you'll figure it out no matter what. Like, yes. Yeah. You're going to fail probably like most likely we all do, mm-hmm. but like, having enough faith to say like worst case scenario, I can still might pull myself out of it. So Mm -hmm. why am I holding out of fear? Mm -hmm. I love that. And like you said, like, I love that you've got so much of your, your coaching you've said is centered around worthiness and breaking down those false beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, and I love some of the tangible examples you've given in that. What do you find are, we've kind of touched on some of these, but I bet there's, there's probably more that you've seen in some of the work that you've done. What do you think are some of the biggest obstacles that the people you work with face when it comes to finding their worthiness and overcoming those false beliefs? And like, what are some of the really tangible tools you've given them to help them overcome it? Yeah. So I think for me, worthiness and self-love are are tied together. They're like Mm -hmm. very intermingled. Um, And more recently I've been seeing with, with my coaching clients and, and even just friends mm-hmm. is um, we've been living in a society the last few years. that's been feeding us things like self-love, self-worthiness. Yeah. 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 And like we hold on to this. And um, a lot of people I coach are convinced that they love themselves. Like they're like, yeah, I do. I already love myself a lot. Like I'm really confident. Um, and they feel great about their bodies and they feel great about their talents. And they feel great about all these physical kind of superficial things. Mm-hmm but then they're letting their relationship walk all over them or they're letting their boss treat them wrong or they're letting, they're holding themselves back for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And so it's one of the biggest challenges I have is teaching is very gently coaching people through understanding that superficial self-love is not 
self-love and you've mm-hmm. got to get to a point where we can see how that's affecting our, our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just walking people through things like, okay, if, if you really loved your best friend, would you, would you let her go through what you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. Usually not. So that's, there's a disconnect there you're not feeling worthy enough of of a positive relationship you're not feeling worthy enough of uh the promotion that you're looking Mm -hmm. for like well why are you being held back there and then they they can start to dig into um some story of like well you know like i just i just feel like if i if i'm not with this person like who who else am i going to be with like they, they've created the story in their head that like no one else would want them. Like, you know, they, I love myself. Like I feel really good. I feel hot, but like, you know, like no one gets me like this person does or whatever. And that's like something that we've created in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just kind of backtracking. A lot of it's digging through the past, seeing mm-hmm. where these stories originally came from. Um, I sometimes, if we can't talk our way through it, I'll do tapping or EMT. I don't know. Do you know what that yeah, is? Yeah, could you, could you actually talk about that? I know what they are, yeah. but I'm not really super familiar with how they work or the ultimate benefits of them. Yeah, and, and of course, I teach everything from a holistic standpoint. So, like, I use the yoga, I use the meditation because I think mind, body, soul really all have to be healed for, for the mm-hmm. true alignment to happen. But EMT is one of the, the greatest ways to quickly reroute the brain mm-hmm. in a way that you're using the physical body instead of having to think or, or meditate your way through it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, EMT is a, a trauma uh, therapy called emotional freedom technique. And what happens when we have a thought that makes us really anxious or fearful is it sets off the amygdala, which is our fight or flight response of the brain. So again, you fight or flight. So your body either goes into fear of like, like wanting to hide. So you might, a lot of people experience this like hunching forward feeling or like, the shoulders mm-hmm. are always kind of caved. You're kind of protecting the front. You're not very vulnerable. You don't allow yourself to like have a voice and things. That's the flight. Fight mode is where you're constantly like a little aggressive. Like, okay, like, wh- like where is, you know, how am I going to have to respond and react? And you're kind of always on the defensive. And so when, when you have a certain situation, like, okay, um, this is, this is kind of extreme and this might not be a situation you've dealt with, but I've dealt with sexual trauma in the past. So mm-hmm. when I think of sexual trauma, like I'm trigger, I'm triggering the amygdala and the amygdala is going, ah, fight or flight. And I, you know, everything gets tense. Um, and we in a society nowadays are constantly stimulated and constantly in some kind of anxious mm-hmm. stress space. So our amygdalas are kind of constantly triggered, mm-hmm. um, which is why we're producing more levels of cortisol stress chemicals. It's why we're not producing enough serotonin we have ones on depression pills um so we've got to learn how to turn that amygdala down and especially around the things that trigger you that really heighten heighten you so when i find those things for a patient um whether it be like financial stress like if when you think about your finances and you feel physically sick that that's something that we definitely need to take care of um and you usually know by how the body reacts too. like people okay. think that it's, it's a brain thing, but like if you think something and then you feel immediately sick or tense, like that's, that's a trauma. Mm-hmm. So once we find those traumas, there's um, energy meridians in the body that we can tap to kind of naturally calm things down. It's very similar to breathing work. When we take really deep breaths, it calms the body down. It's like a physical reaction. Um, so with the EMT, you're tapping on certain meridian points and it's triggering a relaxation 
thing on the body. So you're tapping it. So I'm, I'm tapping these different points and my body is being told to calm down. It's pretty much mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Calm down. Like you're hitting these certain points of the body where it's like somebody had just taken you through like a two hour breathing treatment where you're like, oh, okay. What are tapping? You just, you just tapped them in, in the video, but what are some of the places that people could tap to like, what are some so of it's, it's through a sequence and, and here's the biggest part about it is you have to be thinking about that trigger the okay. whole time. Okay. Cause it's rerouting the brain. So I'm saying, I'm going to trigger this thing in my brain that stresses me out. The amygdala is going nuts. And then I'm going to tell the amygdala to calm the F down mm-hmm. as I'm still saying the same thing. So it's, it's reminding my brain that when this thought comes up, to not go into fight mode, to go into like calming mode. And it's like a, a switch in the brain. So you usually tap, start on the karate chop and you say the same statement three times in a row. And so I'm, I'm saying, finances really stress me out. So I'll say this three times. Finances are really stressing me out, but I love and accept myself. Finances are really stressing me out, but I love and accept myself. Finances are really stressing me out, but I love and accept myself. I'm tapping on the bottom of my hand. I know people at home can't see me. Mm-hmm. Literally, just like she described it, it's like a karate chop. A karate chop. Um, and, and I teach this privately, so if anyone wants to jump on, but there's tons of resources. You start out the, just above the eyebrow, and you're tapping, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, my finances have me so stressed out. It's going to be outside Does it matter eye. what side of It doesn't eyebrow? matter what side of the face. Um, okay. You could do both. You could do both hands if you're really, like, needing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really matter what side. Um, so I tap you up right above the eyebrow and then right on the outside of the eye, like kind of at the temple. Okay. And I, and again, I just say whatever's coming up. So like my finances are making me feel really sick under my eye. I'm feeling overwhelmed under my nose. Like no one's going to help me through this under my lips. I don't know how to get out of this debt mm-hmm. on my chest. I'm feeling really overwhelmed under my armpit. Um, like kind of where the bra line is right under the mm-hmm. arm. Um, do these I'm things just, need to be said out loud to get the most more powerful? Okay. It's more powerful when you're out loud. But so like sometimes um, I get randomly anxious on a flight or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say this out loud while I'm on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in <laughs> um, the last one, we on the top of the head. So like, I'll just think them. But when I'm doing it with a client, sometimes I'll, use, I'll do the phrases for them mm-hmm. because you might not be in a place where like you can do that. But mm-hmm. pretty much what you're doing is, I'm saying like my finances are really stressing me out and the amygdala is triggered, but then I'm telling the amygdala to calm down. Mm-hmm. So it's just teaching the brain to naturally um, say like everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So I did this with my financial stress last month, which is something that it, it sounds, it sounds silly because my, my financial stress was so severe. It would make me sick and make me physically ill. But when I would think about things like sexual trauma and, and things like that, it won it. Like my, mm-hmm. my financial stress was so insane. Um, I did one like session of this where I did this. I probably did it for like an hour to be honest, but mm-hmm. um, I couldn't think of anything negative to say about my finances by the end of it. Like I could not physically mm-hmm. think of something stressful. It was like the only thoughts that were coming to my brain were like, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. Like mm-hmm. calm down. Like, and so like, I know firsthand this really, really works quickly, quickly yeah. is, is why I use it sometimes when something's just way too yeah. intense. That's literally the best description of it I've ever heard because I mean, I, I have a background in science. So my brain, when I hear stuff like you got to tap on parts of your body, I'm just like, this is stupid. But like stupid. the way, <laughs> like the way you described it though, I can, I can see when you describe it as meridians in your body, like these are literally, are they like, like would stress points kind of be a good, yep. good way to describe them? Yeah. 
It's like, similar to like acupressure or acupuncture. So it's kind of taken oh, okay. from that Chinese medicine and molded to fit neuroscience. I love that. Like that, as soon as you like said, talked about the meridians, talk about the stress points, like my brain is just like, I get how that works. It makes it a little less woo-woo. Yes. A lot of what I teach is pretty woo-woo, I'll be honest. But like that, that's something that's way more science-based mm-hmm. and practitioners are using it to treat severe PTSD, like, mm-hmm. you know, severe mental problems. And so like it, it freaking works. Um, but you've got to like be open to it. Yeah. Just like everything I teach, you know? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you find that? So you said, you know, after a short period of time, you couldn't think of anything else to, to say. <laughs> to say. Right. Yeah. But like the way you described it, like you go through this process and over the short period of time, you can't think of anything negative to say. If somebody is resisting it, like, do they need to go through that whole process of tapping like multiple times until they can't? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I skip some of the, the process that are normally people mm-hmm. put people through too. So we typically, when we're going to tap on something, we want to identify what it is and then we rate it one through 10, 10 being like I the most rating. extreme, like <laughs> falling over sickness. Mm-hmm. That's so mine was a 10 when I started. Okay. And so you do a few rounds where you're repeating the same thing. We do it maybe three, four times and then we stop and we say, okay, what's your number at now? Um, yeah. Hopefully it's gone down. Maybe it has it, but I, unless we're like on some kind of tight time restraint or something, I don't want to ever finish if somebody's still above a two. I want to get them at a zero before we're done. But like, if they're not getting there, like a two is the lowest I'll go because it's like pointless to work yourself down that far mm-hmm. because you're not going to actually fix it. You're just like still kind of like, eh, and it will work its way back up by the next time we do it. It'll work its way back up to a 10. So you tap them down. And then once you get them tapped down to, between a zero and a two then you go through and do positive rounds you do uh, like three rounds of positive so you're saying the same thing but like my finances are gonna be fine like everything's gonna work out the right people are gonna come into my life and you know uh-huh. so you you close it on a positive end again rewiring the brain to, to rethink the way it was thinking before mm-hmm. so yeah so you want to get them really low and then finish off with something positive and mm-hmm so obviously the clients that are doing this with you, you are, are they, sorry, this is a dumb question. Are they tapping or are you tapping? Like they're tapping. Okay. Um, a lot of energy workers believe that you can tap for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes kids like can't put their head around it. So you'll have them like tap their teddy bear. Ah, okay. But again, it's still like you're just helping them to trigger a different mm-hmm. way of thinking and, and voicing the fears out loud and then like letting it go. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think it's obviously way more impactful when you're doing it to yourself. And there's also some like, like super points where we can hit, like if somebody's just like not getting it, they're doing some rounds and they're like not, there's like an intense point um, kind of between like the, the pinky finger and the ring finger, mm-hmm. like right where that soft part of the hand is and you oh, tap okay. right there. And that's like a sur- like supercharged meridian point that like really speeds up the process but I I don't like to speed it up too much like it's that's Mm -hmm. like an extreme case Mm -hmm. so if somebody were to I mean I feel like maybe I'm wrapping I'd like do do you have anything else to to add to the to the tapping and the EFT and all that yeah so I I think like there's a lot of research online like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you can learn how to do it yourself um Mm -hmm. That was going to be and my next question. Nice pivot. Right? <laughs> there's like, there's a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a 
easy workshop that's part of my membership, but they, you know, it's all over the place. You can find it anywhere. And um, my main spiritual teacher, Gabrielle Bernstein, she talks about creating a list of 50 things, 50 trauma points and, and more like a, a story title. Like when I, when I was a kid, the kids at the playground made fun of my accent or like whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, even, even really small things, like you just list everything out. And once you start listing things out, you're like, oh, I could probably do more than 50, but like, you know, you start, you start going and then you rate all of those. Mm-hmm. So I, I have like a spreadsheet cause I'm super like organized, but I've got a spreadsheet. I love so spreadsheet. Them all. <laughs> yes. So I've got my like 50 things and they're all, um, organized by like my, my rating on them mm-hmm. and then you just start with the with the highest ones and start tapping and if if you do one a day if you do up to three a day great um but you know just start mm-hmm. start working through that list and seeing how that changes your life and and some of the false beliefs you have I am so excited for this so just to double check and make sure that I'm clear on this and that listeners are clear on this this is as you're doing the rating this is a rating of essentially the physical manifestation of yep. whatever trauma right Yep. It's like, how does it make you feel? And that might be emotionally, mentally as well, but we always want to check in with the body. Cause I think as a yoga teacher, like the body tells you so much more than you realize if you start to like pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be like a flutter in your chest, a tight stomach, like a, a feeling of hunching over, a feeling of wanting to hide or shrink down, a mm-hmm. feeling of wanting to come out of your seat and get angry. Like these are physical reactions to trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that because there is obviously an emotion behind whatever, however you're, you're physically reacting. And I feel like maybe I've talked to so many people who struggle with kind of naming their emotions. Like, I feel like maybe it would be easier for them to wrap their brain around how's my body physically responding yeah. to this. So I like that that's a piece of this as well. Yeah. I mean, everything I teach is holistic. Like, that's why mm-hmm. the yoga is just as important as the, the mental and spiritual coaching I do. Like, mm-hmm. they really all have to be practice you can't just get your body healthy and expect to be doing well you can't just get your soul healthy like they're all connected you really got to make sure that they're all in a good place so Mm -hmm. um that's a great way to to kind of bring focus to all three Mm -hmm. I totally agree I actually was talking to a coach a few weeks back we were talking about productivity and she asked like what was the biggest thing that was distracting you and my first thought was emotions and she and she's like well how's your how's your physical health doing I was like my physical health's great and she's like yeah but you're not prioritizing your emotional health She's like, there, it's all, it's all a thing. You got to do all of it. And I know people who are very spiritually in a good place. They're very Mm -hmm. aligned. Like they like can listen to their inner voices and they're guided and everything's Mm -hmm. great, but um, they've let their bodies go and Mm -hmm. they're dealing with illness and they're dealing with, um, you know, being of of a heavy weight in a way that's unhealthy and and Mm -hmm. causing them problems. And so then you've got to reevaluate, like, I can't, I can't focus on just one of these and Mm -hmm. none, none of these are better or worse than the other you've got to have all we're living on a physical plane we've got to take care of the physical body yeah so um yeah lining those all up Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that you have tapping in an online membership what other services do you offer to help people with yeah so so I have my online yoga membership which is again more of a holistic approach to yoga so Mm -hmm. I upload yoga videos every week as well as meditations um diet plans I do a workshop each month on things like tapping or mm-hmm. productivity tips or, you know, aligning your chakras, if that's something that you're into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do monthly live calls where I get on a zoom like this, but everyone's on and they can chat mm-hmm. with me anything that they want. Cause I think having connection to 
your teacher is really important. And then mm -hmm. we've got our online community and every once in a while I'll set up accountability partners for people within the tribe and they've blossomed into these crazy, like different country relationship friendships where they're like best friends and they've never met in person. Like it's amazing. <laughs> um, so that's kind of one of my things I do. I also have like a free book club for somebody who's just like, ah, yoga thing's not my thing, but like I'm curious about spirituality and personal development. We've got a free Facebook book club. And then I do a lot of the private coaching. So whether that's mm -hmm. private yoga online or the coaching where I'm, I'm working people through their worthiness, self-love blocks, and we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out um, that. And, and so that's why I might be doing the tapping in, in a call like this where it's one-on-one -on -one and mm -hmm. I'm working with a client. And then I've got a vision board course I just launched and I'm working on a eight-week self-love course that's more self-guided. Um, that should be out in December. Lots, lots happening. Nice. Nice. That's like, seriously. And I like that you come at it from like, you giggled when you said productivity tips, but I love like, like that's all part of the puzzle. And I love that you're, you're giving the physical, the emotional, like the mental, like it's all, I love that it's all there. And I feel like I'm not joking when I said that is the first time I've actually understood what tapping was and how it works. And like you, mm, I'm going to connect with some of these groups. That's all I'm saying. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I have a couple questions that I like to wrap up with. Um, yeah. So, cause I think you're, you're a personal growth junkie like I am. So yeah. if there is, is there any like single book resource, Ted talk online program that has been really impactful for you mm -hmm. in your journey? And if you've got a couple, that's okay. I've had many of people who've broken the, the one thing rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because there's so many different aspects, so personally, spiritually, business-wise. Um, mm. Business-wise, Marie Forleo's B-School was probably one of the best investments I've made. Um, Marie Forleo does this business school online, and it's amazing. I, like, I, had, I had no idea how to run a business, mm -hmm. and I launched this business in, like, no time. Um, so she's amazing for that. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein's one of my main teachers, so I praise her for anything spiritual. If you're like kind of digging in, whether it's her books or you do her deeper coaching, online classes, workshops, um, in-person mm -hmm. things. Gabrielle Bernstein is, like, I'm going to her master level conference in two weeks. So I'm like obsessed. Um, and this is like super random, but it's probably one of my best books I've ever read in my entire life. It's called Come As You Are. It's the only book that's ever explained female sexuality in a way that's like scientifically backed and made me own my body and sexuality in a way that like was so healing and so like mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with anything we talked about but I always <laughs> mention it because I'm like owning my sexuality transformed my life more than almost all of us did so mm -hmm. definitely check out that book awesome awesome okay and so we've got all this content that you offer if people want to get in on the action they want to follow you they want to learn more from you where can they find you yeah I'm the remote yogi on pretty much any platform, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, um, the remote yogi. And then the remote yogi dot blog is where you can get a bunch of free content. I post twice a week videos, um, great content worksheets that you can kind of do at home. So lots of free stuff on there. Awesome. I'm going to go subscribe for damn sure. So everybody else, <laughs> you totally should too. Thank you so much for jumping on here. I feel like Absolutely. I just learned so much from you and I am 
really pumped to dig into some of the stuff that you offer and learn even more. So thank you. I appreciate it so much. Awesome. Thank you, Ellen. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends so that they can join the tribe as well. Or better yet, share it on Instagram stories so that I can shout you out and send you a huge thank you. Your support means the world to me. And of course, I want to thank you for being a part of the growth tribe.